Hello. Welcome to the Pastor and Professor. Doug, what's happening? Hey, everybody. Oh, man. Just a normal week here in Southern California. Uh, nice and warm for you there, Doug. You said it was cold today. <laughs> it is, relatively speaking, cooler for us. In it was the five 60s. degrees to here today, Doug. It was yeah. Five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. How was your week? It was good. It was good. Got back to work. Uh, car is still kind of in a limbo place, but it's drivable. So uh, back cool. to the grind and making some money out there and, you know, doing my thing on the roads of Southern California. I'm sure you're not envious of that. Well, no, I'm not envious of that. Part, no. <laughs> and I, I don't miss those days in the 405 stuck. No, or the 101. Yeah. No, not at all. Yep. 60 was there bad. 60 was always bad. <laughs> Oh, Since yeah. he's always, was always a cluster. It was just, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's a good freeway in, in, in our area. So no, not at all. We had talked to us. My friend Scott and I uh, talked about that. I'm trying to adjust the music. I'm getting some kind of background noise. Um, we had talked about the difference between LA traffic and Chicago traffic and our show uh, last week or something. And yeah, the difference is that LA traffic is confined to the highways I will right. take LA traffic any day over Chicago traffic. Because Chicago traffic, right. and Annetta, she's going to be on a little bit. She'll attest this. Anywhere you go, it's all the roads. It's all the cross streets and everything else. It's not just the highways. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's a disaster. So even though the highways are probably worse uh, in LA, it was, you know, I'll still take LA traffic. But I miss it. There you go. I, I miss it. Yeah. Um, yeah, my week was pretty good. I did a show with uh, Juju this week. I don't know if you caught that. Um so I did I a did. show um, on, I don't even know what night it was. I don't even know what night this is. This is Wednesday. On Sunday, I guess we did it. <laughs> we did a show on the best logos and best team names in sports. And uh, yes. Juju ended up co-hosting it with me. Uh, Cubby was on it for a segment. But, yeah, Juju did awesome. She, like, totally rocked it. She found all these great logos and team names. And, and yeah, it was great. So, you should yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. So um, Awesome. We have a very exciting night tonight because we have two very special guests. Our better halves are here. Our Amen. wives are here to join us, and we don't really know where it's going to go. We will see. We may be in a little bit of trouble, Doug. A, we may not get our show back. Uh, people in my family yep. tend to hijack my show recently. Gave Ned a little bit of screen time, and I was like, can I get on? Can I get on? Can I get on? Just joking. It's not that bad. Uh, then Juju and everything else. But yeah, so our wives are going to join us. That should be cool. Absolutely. And and the, and it may just be a factor of people, once they get a taste of our better halves, uh, requesting them to take over. I, you know, they may not have that much ambition, but, you know, they may be stars in the making. So It's a good thing I have another show. Uh, yeah, right. So we may lose this one. Although she was on that first one and was a huge hit with her ridiculous take on movies. Uh, so... I'll give her a little awesome. flag for that a little bit later. But um, we have a couple announcements before we get started. Um, and first of all, I guess I always want to thank everybody for you know watching, watching the replays, commenting on our Facebook posts and our TikTok pages and, and things like that. We've gotten a lot of views on the, the segments we pulled out, um, particularly the one I pulled out on um, uh, sharing my story, which was really difficult for me. But I continue to get hear from people on that. And, um, yeah, I hope that gets easier. But it's uh, – um, you know, Doug, you had you had shared something with me earlier, Doug, that people on your end said, you know, they were they enjoyed, you know, hearing the story. So 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, and that's one of the things we want to continue to do is, you know, we told our stories those first two weeks. We had Karen on our third episode. And we want to, one of the definitely the main things we want to do is we want to bring people on and have them share all our parts of their story and their journeys and their walk with God. Um, so I'm looking forward to that's what Annette and, and um, Monica are going to do here shortly. And then I have some other fun things planned. And I didn't even tell Doug. I told him I had some something going on, but he doesn't know exactly what. So we will we will go there. So a couple announcements real quick. Um, we will dive back in. We're going to take the next five weeks after this episode to dive deeply into Doug's book. So we'll, we'll spend at least half the episodes uh, the next five weeks and, and possibly more because you know us or one of us. Uh, you know, but we had Doug talking about his book. He might not, he might stop either. Um, so we're going to dive into the five uh, um, fund. Uh, found, uh, I can't even say that word. Foundational identities of the church uh, from Doug's book. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into those over the next five weeks, uh, and spend probably half the show, at least half the show, if not more, uh, on that. So we really want to encourage people to go out and get the book if they have it. I know Doug's working on an audio uh, thing. It's not going to be out for a while yet, but he's working on an audio version. But it is available on Amazon, and you know, if you're a Prime member, you get it in probably a day and. If you're in L.A., Chicago, places like that, you probably get it the same day. Um, and uh, I think it's on Kindle as well if you're a Kindle reader. Um, I don't know how that factors into your profits on that book, Doug, so I don't want to promote the Kindle part. Same same uh, percentages, so all right. it's all good. All right, so if you have a Kindle or e-reader, you can do that as well. So I definitely want to encourage you, and we have had people, several people talk about their they've started reading the book. I had actually talked to an old friend that reached out to us last week, and I, we met on the phone, and he's – we were talking about books, so I'm sure he's probably listening tonight. Um, so, Paul, if you're there, hello. Um, and if you are listening to us, uh, please say hi in the chat. If you hear anything uh, tonight that you kind of resonates with you or whatever, feel free to say say uh, put the comments in the chat either on YouTube, it's in comments, or in chat rather, in Facebook, it's in the comments. We will get them, and we might bring you on stage a little bit and, and say hello. But uh, please, we'd love to hear from you. It makes it a lot more fun for us when we see people are interacting with the show. So definitely go out and get the book. Um, we're going to dive deeper into that. Uh, it's a really fascinating read an easy read. And uh, yes, Doug, uh, Annetta is Juju or Juju is Annetta. Uh, she did not change your name. Sorry. <laughs> so next uh, my new show heartbeat radio was a big hit that first week. So I'm really excited about that. Um, on the next episode of that, launches tomorrow so it's actually a part of the pastor and professor podcasts um so that is on just on spotify the the heartbeat radio is just on spotify i have episode two dropping tomorrow it's gonna be every thursday at noon i just did say that didn't i, I said I'm, it's dropping I did. it's dropping it's dropping listen to me you're so listen, cool i know I know. Uh, so that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, I really don't know. I have several episodes, like four episodes that I've kind of created. I don't know which one I'm doing tomorrow. So we will see. We will see. So that's coming tomorrow and every Thursday. You can subscribe to that. And while you're doing that, the audio version of our shows are now available on Spotify, pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So if you are in the car, driving out around L.A. or Chicago for lengthy times, um, or mowing the lawn or shoveling the snow up here, um, you can listen to the audio only versions of the shows as well. There's a couple glitches in, in there cause it's, you know, we've, we've designed the show for video, but, uh, we're going to be more conscious of that as, as we go. So, um, anything else you want to add Doug or talk about or say, or shut me up? I'm good, bro. I'm ready. Let's, let's take the next step what, here. What's that line in major league? He's not the best <laughs> color commentator in the league for nothing folks. Um, That's right. <laughs> 
All right. Let's uh, unmute, have uh, Netta and Monica unmute themselves. And we are going to bring them on stage. Get Monica unmuted here. Hello. There they are. And there, there they are. There are our beautiful wives. Hold on. Hold Hello, on. everyone. I have to get the applause button out. I think it's the only sound effect I have in the show. So, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Say hello. Say something. Thanks. Thanks. You're going to make me pull nice teeth all day? I, I, We're I, here. I can and... do it. I can do it. Um, so, thank you both for coming on the show. After last week's show, we kind of set this up like immediately after the show. Um, and hoping that they would want to come on with us. Um, so I didn't really tell Annette until today or yesterday. Um, so I didn't really get it confirmed. Uh, so, but she's a trooper. She's a trooper. Uh, by the way, you're going to come on my show, which again, she can act like she doesn't want to, but she's, you know, she's caught the, she has the bug now, now that she's done the first one. Um, uh, and it's out of my comfort gonna... zone, so but I like it now. Yeah. So it's it's now that I've stepped out, it's like now it's no longer a, a, a risk for me, and I can come back on and anytime. Yeah. Well, you've done great. You've been you've been a big hit, and that's why I say I'm worried about you're gonna take over my shows. But uh, um, so I am. Uh, uh, her level's high. Yeah, I know. I know she's a little high. Uh, I don't know if you can turn your mic your your uh, your her her volume down. I don't think it matters at this point. Um, um, she's a little high. I can kind of work with it. And, for the replay um anyway so we are going to listen to a little bit of their stories i asked them to kind of share their journeys like doug and i did that first week um in any fashion they want to uh they can go as deep or as shallow as they want to whatever they're comfortable with sharing um uh but i'm yeah i'm interested in hearing and actually I, before we get started i have a a clarification i guess and um question so Tell me the story. You guys met. Did you guys meet at LAX? Not initially, but in okay. that span of the three days where we did meet, that was the last place we were hanging out. And after three days, you asked her to marry you? Yes. You want to expand wanna on that a little bit more? Yeah, than that? I, yeah I will. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a God story for sure. Um, I was a lead singer, obviously. We've looked at pictures already uh, of a Christian heavy metal band. And we were coming out from Virginia to LA to do a showcase. And um, we got introduced at the, our first concert, which we were there to do a showcase for this record label. And we ended up playing a show down in Escondido in front of about 5,000 people opening up for two major Christian metal acts and um, a mutual friend of mine who had now moved to LA uh, from the East coast was going to the same church that Monica was. He was also a hairdresser, which she was at the time. And so she, he was helping her or she was helping him study for his uh, boards to pass his state board. So he could be a hairdresser in, in Southern California. Whoops. Lost the phone there. <laughs> She's back. Sorry. She's back. So, um, Anyway, he said, you got to meet my friends from Virginia. They're in this band. They're really cool. So she's like, okay, sure. Why not? Um, she gets introduced to us, thought we were a bunch of yahoos from Southwest Virginia because we sounded like it. Um, so I don't think was overly impressed at the beginning. And um, so she uh, 
you know, just we kept running into each other over the next couple of days. We went to, and played her church the next day at two o'clock in the afternoon. Because if you're a heavy metal band and you go to sleep at four in the morning, your church isn't at 10 or 11. It's at two. Uh, <laughs> so and it was a Christian metal church. Uh, we went. We did a couple songs uh, afterwards, went to after church fellowship, hung out while they toilet papered our van, uh, our rental van. Um, then that night they had a Bible study and went hung out with her at the Bible study. Um, and it was just was really friendly and, you know, nonchalant during this whole time. And then the next day, her and a couple of her friends met us at LAX. We had a layover from Orange County, John Wayne to LAX. We had to wait two hours before we flew out back to Virginia. So they came. They, you, it's at back at the time where you could still meet at the gate. They came, brought us Kentucky Fried Chicken, threw a blanket out in the middle of our gate. We were eating chicken and hanging out. And she was kind of, we were kind of off to the side. So her friends were hitting on some of my band members. Uh, Monica really wasn't hitting on me, but she was very hungry. She had only been a Christian for a month. And so she really wanted to know about, uh, you know, the Bible and Christianity and go deeper. And so she was asking me a bunch of questions, made me feel really smart. Uh, and at the time I had only been a Christian for five years, but, um, so I'm trying my best to, you know, answer questions that she has. And while we're sitting there alone, um, I hear an audible voice whisper in my ear, this is your wife, ask her to marry you. So convinced that it was one of my band members playing a trick on me, I looked over my left shoulder, nobody there. I looked over my right shoulder, nobody there, and realized I've just heard God speak to me. So I did what any obedient Christian would do, and I chickened out. And I started arguing with God and telling him, I'm not going to let you embarrass me in the middle of the airport here. So I got her phone number. Remember, no text messages, no cell phones, no emails back then, 1991. Uh, so I just said, hey, I'm going to call you when I get home. There's something I need to tell you. And so I'm going to let Monica take it over from here. Yeah, so I uh, was very new to God. Um, I was raised Catholic and my mom moved us out here from Long Island, New York, and she met God like within a month, I think, at a church. And she was going out with some friends um, to the airport and telling people about God with these little pieces of paper, little books. And I was stealing her car, <laughs> teaching myself how to jive. I was 14. Um, I ran as far from that as I could have. And my mom would chase me and then I'd run farther. And um, I finally got to the end of myself at 26 and said, okay, fine, God, if you're real, show up. And he showed up in my room. I mean, the whole room just got really bright, like it was daytime and it wasn't. And um, I fell asleep crying about just the, the last of a string of horrible relationships. And the next day I woke up and I said, well, okay, you're real, so what do we do now? And he said, find a church. And I talked to a friend of mine who was going to the heavy metal church. And so I said, okay, that sounds good. And I started going and I met Doug a month later. I was heading to this concert to see some friends and bands and my other two girlfriends were there. And I was driving by myself because this girl I was trying to drag with me would not be uh, hauled off to some con Christian concert. So I left, I went by myself, I got lost, uh, missed the exit twice. I said, forget it, I'm going home. And I heard this voice say, try one more time. And I turned back around, I found it. 
And then, like Doug said, our mutual friend introduced us, and then he took off. And so we were left standing there awkwardly, uh, me and a bunch of yahoos talking. They were telling jokes about um, Monty Python. <laughs> Not my genre. So I just thought they were goofy idiots. And so, um, yeah, he followed me to my Bible study and was at my church and um, we were chit-chatting. And the, the thing that impressed me was at my Bible study, while the pastor said, look for such and so scripture, I was, you know, thumbing around, so I didn't know what I was doing. And he would take the Bible and find the verse and hand it back. And I thought, now that's attractive. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, we were at the airport, um, said goodbye. He asked for my number, called me the next day, I think, and said, hey, um, I heard this audible voice. What do you think? And I just said, sure. And shortly thereafter, we hung up and I thought, I think I'm engaged. This is crazy because <laughs> the guy before him took me to meet his parents in Pennsylvania and his mom was a Christian, was praying for Rob. And, oh, we just, you know, think this is great. We love her. And so she called my mother, like, weeks before I met Doug and said, oh, we're so happy that Robert and Monica met. And um, my, she said, oh, we're, you know, we've been praying for this. And this is the girl for Rob. And my mom said, no, she isn't. My daughter is not the girl for Rob. I'm sorry. I don't agree. And she hung up on the lady. And I just thought, oh, no. Um, but we broke up after that. I found the church and um, met Doug. And I suppose we were engaged. And it, it rolled on from there. It just got crazier. <laughs> That's Yeah, I, I had told uh, Annetta that you had, uh, Doug had mentioned that. And I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. So what were you thinking after, like, when you're at LAX? Like, what are you thinking about, like, after the first, like, it was three days. So first two days what were you thinking of him after those first two days like when he were you totally shocked that he asked and like oh and yeah i mean i knew he was you know trying to be cute it just wasn't i like so, trying to be cute trying to be cute <laughs> with all the wrong jokes and anecdotes and songs and it's Stug. like okay whatever Stug. yeah so uh yeah there was just no attraction i just thought it was a bunch of goofy guys and something in me just longed for more of God. And when Doug knew the God I was searching for, and I suddenly that was like, Oh, I like that. Like, I like, you know, somebody who knows that I've been praying. I said, God, this is it. I'm done. The next guy that comes along is going to be the one that you picked for me. And he was, I wouldn't have picked him out of a crowd, but God said, <laughs> that's the guy. And then I told my mother, I said, I think I'm engaged. And she said, yeah, he's the one. And I described, you know, he's in a band, long hair, the whole nine, looks like all the rest. She said, no, he's the one. And I said, how do you know? Because she shot every single one of them down and usually gave him a little nickname, like the Phantom. You only come for her at night, you know. What? Where do you come from? Get out of here. Yeah. Chase him out with the broom. So when she said that, and then the next time he called, she picked up the phone and said, son, and they've been best friends ever since. That was a sign. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. She yeah. said, I've been praying for him for 10 years. Didn't you think I would know when he came? That's the one. So, wow. yeah, mama. Very cool. I'm glad I followed up on that, that, that story. Cause that's, that's amazing. Um, it definitely took divine intervention for me to get this 
uh, marriage, um, you know, because she is way above my pay grade. And uh, it's, it's mercy and grace and love and God just giving me everything I didn't deserve in this relationship right here. Did you, uh, after she said yes, were you freaked out that she said yes? Yeah, I was not expecting that. My whole thing was, and why I chickened out in the airport and waited to call her when I got home was, if she starts laughing uncontrollably, I just hang up and save face. We, we never have to see each other again, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of pressure. now. But now now, now she has to get to know you. You know, yeah. now it's just like, oh, she may change her mind. How, so how long was and, it before and, you actually got married? Well, we met in October uh, of 91. Is that right? Yeah. And married in February of 93. So we did some courtship through letters and very expensive long distance phone calls. Um, and then she flew out to LA. I flew out or she flew out from LA to Virginia. I flew out from Virginia to LA, met each other's parents. I moved her to Virginia in August of 92 and we did premarital counseling and then got married in February of 93. That's crazy. So a little bit over a year. Yeah. Well, I thank thank you for sharing. That's awesome. I'm glad I followed up with that. Cause I, yeah, I didn't I didn't know any any of that. So that's cool. Honey, you want to add anything to that? I have not heard that story either. So I think that's so cool. And Ooh. so I might, the the question that came to mind was, so what do you do when one of um, uh, if someone comes to you and for advice? Because you guys are a couple that I know people look up to, and they're like, we want to get married, and you're like. Mm. <laughs> Does that judgment kind of come in, or are you just like, well, it worked for us? It varies case by case. There was um, a few couples that we've told our story to and said, you know, God can do something in an instant, um, especially when you've been waiting and praying, or it's just timing that, you know, like Doug and I entered into campus ministry. So the Bible study that he went to with me, it was a year long Bible study because I stayed here and he went home and I continued. Um, I thought it was to answer the 800 lines for suicide hotline at church. So I signed up and not once did I enter into the door to answer the phones. It was to fast track me so that Doug and I could do campus ministry later. So God was scooting me along all the times I said, no, 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 no. And then finally I said, okay, God, if you real show up, he had to fast track me. So, you know, it's just a matter of timing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And we, and we tell people, we say, look, ours, our, courtship, if you will, is, is probably the exception and it's not the rule. Uh, you know, it was, we were to probably never seen each other again. So God had to kind of do something in a hurry. Uh, and so, you know, so I took my advice to people is, you know, like Monica said, if you're, if you're praying and you're listening, you're, you, you know, hopefully you're going to hear the right stuff. And if you go to council and ask people around you, Hey, like her mom, I mean, her mom was a big, determining factor that, you know, the Bible talks about basically, I'm paraphrasing, it's not really a scripture per se, but that we are under our parents' spiritual authority. So when we're single, they still have kind of a say, uh, you know, we, we kind of want to think when we reach 18, we can do whatever we want, but really biblically, you're supposed to still submit to your parents until you get married and form your own family. Um, so for her to get her mom's not just approval, but, you know, kind of a rubber stamp to, yes, this is God. It was a big deal um, in confirming that I was the one, even though, you know, it wasn't your typical courtship uh, situation or dating situation. So 
I tell people, you know, look, you know, you got to pray. You've got to trust people who you've given uh, access and accountability to in your life. Um, you know, that they're going to, they're going to hear, hear and see things that are good for you and not good for you. And, and they'll be able to help you determine, you know, uh, whether somebody is the right person or not. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Thank you. Thank you again for sharing that. I want to say hi to our friend, Annetta, Sarah. Sarah's on. Hello, Sarah's Sarah. On. Oh, hey. our little overlay didn't come, come through. So, oh, there it is. Way down there. It is. It's right yes, it down is. there. Let me expand that and see if I can get anybody else. Right. There you go. So hi, Sarah. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Go ahead, honey. Well, I just, I, I just hearing you speak to that. Um, I haven't really gotten much marriage advice from my family. I don't think they're necessarily the ones that I would take it from, but um, the two, the two things that came to mind were it's my grandmother who um, lived with us for, for several years uh, after she came to America from Poland and her advice was uh, one, don't wear red nail polish because it's, you know, only those girls wear red nail polish. And so I'm like, grandma, I don't even wear nail polish. I don't care. I don't do my hair. I don't do my nails. That, so that didn't even affect me. Um, but the second thing was marry a man 10 years older than you uh, but again, the reasoning was a little warped. She's like, because women age faster than men and he won't want you if, if, since you age, if you're older and you age faster. And I was like, uh, okay, grandma, sure. You're nuts. Not going to take that advice. Lo and behold, Jay, how much older are you? Thank you, honey. <laughs> 10 years. So that advice, I somehow, it got ingrained into my subconscious somehow. Yeah. We've already established that I'm older than Doug. <laughs> wiser yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's true i mean i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a cowboys fan so um sorry went there again um so yeah monica kind of jumped in there a little bit on the on the story uh honey so what well, actually what you want to tell uh, or at least start a little bit of the story how we met because we we had both been married previously um and mm -hmm. and, and i was i'll just kind of start on my side of it um, I was again ten years older, so I was in my forties, um, and you know I was always a family guy, and I always thought I'd have lots of kids and and so forth. And uh, I was married for ten years uh, previously, and and um, you know at that point I was just I resigned myself to being alone. Uh, I had you know in I, that's you know during that time I had you know, some of those long battles. I had talked about that first episode with God. And it wasn't, wasn't really about that. Um, but I was just, yeah, I was over a course of three years or whatever it was, four years before Annette and I met, I, I was resigned to, you know, be alone. I mean, not alone, but I wasn't going to get married. I was going to, you know, use my time elsewhere. I remember I went through pr the perspectives class to go on mission trips and, and stuff through park uh, church in Chicago. And yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I just, I was, I was going to be alone. You know, I was really sad that I wasn't going to have kids. You know, I was, that was, but I was teaching, I was teaching. So I'm like, all right, well, I get to be around kids with work and so forth. So, um, and then you came. Yes. 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 Um, I had also just gotten out of a divorce and, um, it was strange because I had lived with my mom until I moved in with my husband. So I had never been out on my own. 
never had those experiences Doug too right so never those um that like responsibility it was like I you know I worked I had my jobs I paid my bills but um in terms of that freedom I it was just different it was different moving always living with someone and then after the divorce I lived on my own and my friends were like you have to start dating you have to start dating and I was like yeah I don't know um but I ended up going to, so I took the, the year after the divorce to really work on myself, my relationship with God, my relationships um, with friends, with family, and kind of doing my own thing. And that was actually one of the best years of my life uh, after, after such a painful experience. And um, I just remember going to, one of the things that I decided to do was I went to the dentist and the dentist, as she's working on me, she, she wanted to get a um, impression of my teeth. And so she put this blue goop in my mouth and like had like this jaws of life type thing, kind of holding my mouth open. And I had joked with her and said, you know, my friends have been telling me that it's time to start dating and that they were going to uh, make an online profile for me. And, and I started laughing and she's like, don't laugh. That's how I met my sweetie. I met my sweetie online. And she gave me the, the online site. I went, I signed up and nothing for a year. I met a lot of nice guys, um, but didn't really feel a love connection with any of them. And it was the last week and match.com was having a like crossover free weekend with the site I was on. And Jay just happened to pop up. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, and I, yeah, we were literally like seven days away from just like, no, nah, this isn't working. Not going to yeah. do it. And I didn't, I mean, it was a similar story. My friends, you know, I was going to be alone. I was consigned to be alone. My friends were like, no, you, you know, so my friends made me a profile on match.com. I didn't even know. Um, and it was out there for a while. It was probably, you know, a month, a year or whatever a couple months or a year. And, uh, and then I looked at it finally after, again, like after a year it's being up there and I looked what they wrote. I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course I rewrote it and it was 19 pages long. Um, I was just like, you listen, I'm too old for this crap. This is what I like. This is this, 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 and that's, that's all I did. I didn't, I never, I didn't look, I didn't swipe left or right. I, I just undid my profile. And then like Annetta said, they had a weekend or a, whatever it was a crossover thing with chemistry.com. Um, which I have to say was kind of a much better thing for me because I, you know, meeting people and stuff, I just wasn't, I wasn't into it. Um, but with chemistry, you didn't get to see pictures right away. Oh or... no, they, they did it a whole, like, I actually really liked the way they did it. I don't yeah, know if they're still too. around, but like they had the, I just even remember the, um, the online like survey, the onboarding survey mm -hmm. was just so long. And I'm like, geez, how many questions are there? Cause they wanted to like scientifically match you up with with your perfect match and so they asked all these questions wow. and you weren't allowed it wasn't just a swipe left or right thing based on looks it was like then you had you finally got to see their uh, answer to like three of questions three of their yeah. questions and then after like a certain amount of time you were able to send a, an email or a chat to them and so it was a pretty long process so we were talking for a while before we actually um yeah before we met. even saw pictures yeah. of each other or saw pictures of yeah. each other because yeah, because it so. was email first, and then then it was eventually pictures, and then mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Or maybe they did. They showed one picture. I think you were allowed like one picture, one profile picture, but it was like a. Was it the one with I me and Brutus, know. honey? Was it the one with me and Brutus that you like? Was it? I don't know. You, I don't you always said you liked that. You lied to me. You said it was. No, I picture. do like that one, but you I just said it was I don't me and Brutus, my one. little stuffed Brutus from Ohio <laughs> State, and I had a hat on and my Indians. Yeah. So anyway, so it was just it's interesting. So when I hear people that that's something else that like my family would have never even thought of, like what online? That's crazy. You're just going to meet a murderer. Um, and, and so it worked out. Yeah. Did. Um, so, um, yeah, since you guys, maybe it's not as romantic as Doug and, but you know, things went quick for us too, uh, after that. Um, especially cause we didn't really see each other a whole lot. We saw each other, we went on a few dates and, um, mm -hmm. and then you, you went to Vegas or something and I went, I don't know, it was, you know, all of a sudden, we yeah. didn't really hang out much until the night of the bike was stolen, I think was. No. But you know what? So, but the thing I do remember is, so after my divorce, um, I did actually rely on my family's advice for um, marrying a believer. Like, that's that's what I needed mm -hmm. to do because my ex-husband was, um, I don't know if he was started out as an atheist or agnostic. He, he just, there was zero church involvement i think the family had you know went to church on christmas or easter but i think that was mainly for show um inter versus actual wanting to form a relationship with god and so it was just um it was a totally different experience you know i grew up catholic and to go from full-on everyday involvement with god to like nope the partner doesn't it was it was just different and so I really wish that we had gone through the, the, the premarital counseling just to, um, you know, ask those questions that were tough and that, you know, they did pose problems throughout the relationship. So that way, when I met you, Jay, we started talking and I don't know if, did we, I don't know if we immediately started talking about God, but we did talk about spirituality. We talked about spirituality. I remember talking about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and so we kind of, and just the idea of, you know, maybe we didn't know exactly what our beliefs were um and yet we were willing to explore that together and i think that that was a huge part of it and and the reason that i was attracted to you is that openness and willingness to kind of ask those questions and you know dive deeper yeah i do definitely remember talking about it and, and, and bringing it up and said similar to what i said that first episode is like i always felt like god was walking beside me and you know it's my it's, my faith was always very personal um, a lot of people didn't even know it about me. I hear the kitties in the background. The mongrels, they want out. They have, to, they have a couple of kitties, kitties at home. So, um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so thank you for, for you guys sharing that. Um, so I, I guess I'll, since uh, Monica had um, um, kind of led a little bit more into her faith journey, uh, and you had indicated, you know, you know, growing up Catholic and so forth, honey, and then a cover initial thing, but maybe you could talk about um, to whatever whatever extent you want to uh, your walk with God, starting from whenever you want to start it with, whether it's now or later or through you know what we've been through the last year or from childhood, wherever you wherever you want to go with it as much as you want to share. Um, sure, yeah. So, I mean, I guess so. Growing up Catholic, I don't know, Jay. I think I told well, I told you, but my mom initially wanted to be a nun. Yep. Um, she grew up in a small Catholic area in Poland. So she was born and raised in Poland, a small little village. And it was, um, 
just grew up wanting to to be a nun. And I think the, I don't know the full story, but um, I think the family pressured her. My father kind of pursued her. And so she chose to get married and have kids and they came to, you know, she came to America, um, but still very much uh, kind of had that Polish Catholic um, everything. She's brought it all here to America. So she found the Polish church. Uh, we lived in a, in a, a small, in a Catholic community. So it was like church every Sunday and then church um, just throughout the week, she would go to, to different you know, events, meetings. And so I did grow up Catholic, um, but I also had a very strange relationship with God because, you know, at seven, my parents got divorced and my mom was working all the time. So she essentially, you know, I was raised by a single mom and it was Gen X. So where we were left home, it's kind of fun for ourselves. We were latchkey kids. And I just remember, um, we would go over to people's houses or they would come over and we would watch movies. And one of my earliest experiences with God was just horrific because we watched the exorcist. And I was like, I was such, I was a young kid and I was terrified after. And I don't know if it was just that John, like in the eighties, they used a lot of religious symbols and like the omen and like all of those movies, all that stuff. And I had no one to really kind of, guide me away from that and again i don't blame my mom she was doing the best she could and she was at work and so um we were kind of let loose in, in everyone's house no matter which house friend's house we went to there was not a lot of supervision for the most part and so we would watch those things and i just remember being terrified terrified of jesus especially just you know dying on the cross and all the the pictures that they would show with like the crucifix and every vampire movie had a crucifix and so I just was like, I wanted no part of it. Um, and so, but I didn't end my relationship with God. I pretty much just turned to the angels and saints and Mary. So those are my go-to. So I'm grateful for the Catholic church for having like those options for me <laughs> where Jesus was not my only, uh, you know, go-to. Um, and, and kind of that's where it was. So from then until now, it's just been kind of working through all that, redefining my relationship with Jesus and, um, eliminating that shame and that fear and that guilt. And I know with Catholicism, you hear a lot about that with that shame and that guilt, uh, component. So that's kind of where I'm at. And there were always ebbs and flows of, you know, there were days that I would go to church, um, yeah, even my, through my divorce, I would go to church um, three or four times a week, just whenever there was a match, just to feel that community and that presence. Not necessarily that, you know, I felt I needed to go outside. I know that, I, you know, God is with us always and those, um, those things at the same time, I needed that community and to know that I, I wasn't alone. Um, and then one day, the, you know, my mom and I aren't super, super... Um, close in some regards but i remember her telling me the story that one day she just was at um home alone on christmas because it was one of the first times that my um uh we had gone to see my dad and and his new family um during that time and she i came home because we had forgotten something and she was i just found her at home crying and i never had seen that emotion um from her 
And so I, I just, again, as a kid, I felt guilt. Like, I don't know, do I leave? Do I stay? I don't know what to do. Um, but I ended up going and she later as an adult, when I was an adult, told me that that was one of the best nights of her life because she ended up getting up off the couch and she was walking and she just said, my gosh, she just had this moment of like, what am I doing? I'm not alone. God is with me. I have Jesus right here. And she just said she had this skip in her step. It started snowing. It was just this beautiful idyllic scene. She went to midnight mass and she just felt so whole and complete. And um, so hearing her tell that story to me recently, just kind of switched that event in my own mind and, and made me realize how, um, that, how often that has happened in my life, where even though I felt like a disconnect between friends or family, that God has always been there with me, uh, even when I had turned away from him to a degree. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at in my story. Yeah, that's yeah, I, powerful. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Yeah, I even I even heard that from from your mom. That's yeah, that's a powerful, powerful thing. And you know, and, and we're not going to go into this tonight, but Annette and I have had an interesting ride through our an interesting ride period. Um, but uh, the uh, our spiritual paths, you know, you know, we we found a couple churches that we really liked out in California, or one out. in California we really liked and so it's just yeah it's been kind of a yeah I don't even know how to how to say it. it's just it's been a interesting walk um yeah. anyway, so um one thing I wanted to ask you honey um too is either like after your divorce I know you touched on a little bit but did you with that or with you know getting the call from <clears throat> the hospital with me is did you turn to, to God um, out of instinct at all, just because, you know, that's what you felt like you should do, or, or is it something that you really um, thought about, or I don't know, I don't know really what I'm trying to ask you, but, um, you know, did you lean on, did you lean on God in those times, or is there other times that you really felt like you were leaning on him, not just doing what you're supposed to do as a Catholic or, or whatever? Um, well, I think with the divorce, it was interesting because, um, again, it was a, a very difficult period. And so I wanted to just occupy myself with whatever I could. So I joined um, the, the theater organization in Chicago um, called The Saints, which is, again, kind of funny that it's called The Saints. Um, and it's a, a volunteer organization, mostly elderly folks, retired, who um, you're able to volunteer to take tickets or clean up, pass out um, playbills at different theaters around Chicago. And in exchange, you get to see the shows. And so, again, awesome. I didn't want to be home in my apartment by myself. And so um, I ended up signing up for that and going to three or four, five shows a week sometimes just to kind of get out, stay connected with people and it was phenomenal. I absolutely loved that. I got to, um, one of my favorite experiences um, was the after show where I would give some of my coworkers, my co-volunteers rides home. And just to hear them talk about their lives. I mean, they were, you know, 70, 80, 90, some of them were. And 
it, that was a great experience for me. Um, but I also wanted to listen to music. I found music very healing. I know, Jay, with your podcast, the new one with uh, you know, the music, you touched upon that, how it's just so healing. The issue was all the stations that I used to listen to left me in tears because every song was about romance, like, you know, uh, love and um, heartbreak and everything. So I turn on a song and I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, and start crying again. And so I, my friend suggested I listen to Caleb. So it was still about love, but it wasn't romantic love. It was the love that God had for us. And I just would listen to it 24 seven. And I loved it because it was very uplifting. And I did feel that healing and it just um, kind of one thing led to another. And I discovered artists that I'd never even heard of before. Um, I used to, you know, like who hang out like what? Like who are some of those artists? So, so I remember um, Jeremy camp, for example, the, the last time I was leaving from my home to the marital home to the, uh, my new apartment, as I was driving, and the drive was only, it was like less than 10 minutes. I think it was actually uh, probably like the song length, maybe two song lengths. And I was driving and Let It Fade came on. And I just looked into my rear view mirror and just saw that, that cross from moving from Park Ridge to Edison Park in Chicago and just letting it fade. Like, that's it. This is the new story. Um, and so that, that was one moment for sure. Um, Another huge moment was, I think Doug and Monica were involved in this when my mom was sick. Um, you know, Jay and I had moved out to California uh, right after Thanksgiving, uh, you know, in what, 2011? Yes, yes, because Juju was born in 2011. So we had just, we'd gotten out there that year for Christmas. And um, my mom had come out to California to visit us in April. And then in May, she had been diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer. And so we had flown her out to Arizona because that's where her sister is. And Jay and I were close enough that we could drive from California to Phoenix and you know, be with them. And I just remember um, hearing Anita Morjani story. She had a near-death experience and she had talked about, you know, healing and her experience with God. And I just kind of latched on to that. And I just knew in my heart that my mom was going to heal one way or another, whether it was in this body on this earth or whether healing meant um, her physical death and her, you know, moving on and living on that way. She was going to heal. And so that was a huge um, um, kind of daily, it wasn't even daily. It was like, literally second by second, minute by minute relationship with God. And then again, with your, your story, the same thing. It's like, I was so scared. And at the same time, I knew one way or another, everything was going to be okay. It might suck in the moment. Like it would have totally sucked if you were no longer physically here with us. And in my heart, I knew the, the, the other side of the coin the other aspect of healing and life um and you kind of confirmed that with your story yeah yeah i think doug and monica watched our kitty when we were in arizona a little bit did you not i think you had to we did yeah, yeah. i forgotten about and that. we got a frantic text to pray for you when you went in the hospital yep yeah. 
Oh, and I That's think true. she was on her way back or something. She hadn't even gotten there yet. And it was like, so when you talk about leaning on God in those times, did I, I know that? Annetta knew to ask for prayer. I didn't know that. I don't think so. And that's just, it's just so crazy. That's like Doug and Monica came to, they were one of the first people to come to mind. And I just, you know, that's amazing. Cry. He's going to make one episode without crying. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't know that, which again, I think is interesting. Cause you know, it's you're they're the first people I called and we didn't, we didn't talk about that. I didn't know you had reached out to them. And, you know, like we said in that first episode, we haven't been around each other um, or talked very rarely. Um, we'll send prayer requests to each other and stuff like that. But I mean, it's, we haven't had a whole lot of contact. It's just one of those relationships from the moment we met that I just knew they'd always be a part of me. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you, you did that. So thank you. Absolutely. Our privilege and pleasure. All right. So, um, so, <laughs> um, Monica, is there anything that you want to add to your journey? I know you shared, you know, that, you know, a lot of your coming to Christ in your walk is anything you want to add from that point on, or you just want to leave it at that? Yeah, it's just an amazing adventure that started with, you know, uh, me running away from God. And then when everything came crashing down, that's who you turn to. And I think it's in Ecclesiastes that talks about eternity is set in the hearts of man. So there's just kind of a knowing that he's there. But when you need to reach out for him, those foxhole moments. And so anybody who's listening, if you run into that moment, or maybe you've ran one direction, and you realize that's not where life is. Just yeah. ask, call out, and he'll show up. Yeah. No, and no. I think, too, it's interesting that eventually those moments turn from, instead of, like, the emergency situations, to now I am finding myself just saying thank you. Like, those are my prayers now for now. Instead of the... The oh my god, God, where I'm sorry I haven't been here forever. Uh, now I need you. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks. Hi. Praying no, for this Brown is Super now Bowls. like an everyday kind of gratitude. Like, wow, eyes are opened to the blessings along the way that aren't that dramatic. You know, my mom had terminal was you know diagnosed with terminal stage four cancer, and here she is ten years later, healthy, happy. Um, and I'm thankful for that every day. And there are those little moments that I'm just like, oh my gosh, this next breath, this, you know, cup of coffee, this, it's just it, these little moments where now I feel like I'm running for God. Um, yeah. As that thank you, instead of I need you emergency. Yeah. I think that's, that's been, I guess I didn't know I did that quite as much, uh, but yeah, definitely since the heart attack and everything I've been through last year, um, I mean, I still have all those questions that we've talked about that I'm dealing with, but yeah, it's for me, it's, it's the joy of, you know, him being with me and all the, the gratitude and all that stuff. It's a, it's a different thing. It's a daily, it's a moment by moment, you know, it's different. I feel him differently now than I did before, even though I always knew he was with me. I always knew without a question, he was walking beside me. Um, now I can, I can feel it every, every step I take and I'm grateful. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a happier, more joyful walk. Um, 
since then. Mm-hmm. But um, hello, Kitty. So, so Doug and Monica. So I have a question. So when you guys meet someone too, who you know, you see the miracles in people's lives, big or small, and they attribute it to coincidence. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That that you know. I don't think we realize how much God's been there until we know him. And then we look back, you know, like our family was robbed when I was little and there was cash on the table. My mom's going to buy a car, single mom. All she had was on the table. We came in, broke into the house, took our little crappy jewelry, Mickey Mouse watches, whatever. And they left the cash. And we didn't realize that was him. You know, you'll look back and see all those moments where he carried you that you had no idea. And so, um, yeah, I mean, when you don't know him, you have no idea how this wonderful coincidence, you know, went down. But I love in your story how you all were on two different matching websites and they happened to commingle on the yeah. last week. I mean, come on. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I, I think about, you know, I talked to Doug uh, about something that happened this week and we'll get there eventually during the show that I had some revelations this week or last week uh, that kind of brought me to my knees and I'm still kind of reeling from it. It was great, happy stuff for me, but uh, it was moments that looking back of knowing that there was these incredibly powerful moving moments in my life uh, with music that I've never been able to reach on my own, whether it be a musical or whatever it was through sports, through relationship. It's the highest I've ever been as a human. It's just, it's just, it's the highest I've ever been. And it's like, it's such an, I know that feeling. It's just, there's this awe and I'm moved to tears because there's only, the only thing I can do. It's not necessarily sad or happy or whatever. It's just this unbelievable awe and just being so moved. Um, And now I know that was God. Like it was just, yeah, it was, We'll talk about this some other time, but yeah, looking back on those moments that you didn't know if he was with you. And again, I didn't necessarily think he was ever not with me, but now I can look back and say that was a moment where he was standing right here. And because it's the only way to explain what happened. So mm-hmm. I'm getting something, some kind of yeah. big uh, audio thing. I don't know if it's fan. Hmm. Monica's wrangling cats. I don't yeah, know if that there's a cat wrangler. All right. So, so hey Doug, you wanna you wanna talk or you wanna just you know sit back or yeah. Well, I'll I'll throw my two cents on uh, Annetta's question. Um, you know about the coincidence thing, and I you know it really is the case, like Monica said, that you know not just hindsight is twenty twenty, especially spiritual hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't think a lot of times we see in the middle of what we're going through. But when we get to the end and we look back, we, you know, it's like the footprints in the sand, right? Um, you know, we can see God at work and, and see God's hand in things and um, or protection or whatever it is where we know, wow, you know, uh, we may not have been aware of it, but he certainly was there. I mean, so we've got Jay who's actually died and went to heaven and come back. I met Monica you know, maybe a, a smaller miracle, but still a miracle was healed of cancer, you know, so those type of events, I think if people, you know, have in, intellectual and spiritual honesty, they'll say, look, there's got to be more, you know, I can't just keep chalking stuff up to coincidence or fate or the universe, 
you know, pulled something out of its hat. Uh, you know, you know. Ultimately, it's <laughs> ultimately it's it's God, and um, you know, and and my prayer is that you know God will open people's eyes to those type of things. You know, there's only so much you can ignore. I will say this: the danger in constantly, you know, giving a stiff arm, spiritually speaking, you know, and keeping God at in this you know place of I don't really believe in that kind of stuff is that the Bible says when we do that Romans chapter one that it actually hardens our hearts and the more our hearts become hardened the harder it is for God to make himself known to us or for us to see him as he's trying to reveal himself to us and so I encourage people you know you got to respond whenever God reveals himself there needs to be a response whether it's in a sunset or a moment where he has, you know, done something, even the small miracles doesn't have to be a big one uh, or the small things that God does. Like it says, he gives rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. And, you know, so God's at work trying to make himself known uh, to people across the world. And some of us have, you know, caught the revelation and we've surrendered to it. Others are still, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's church hurts or, you know, an abusive relationship or, you know, just something that didn't work out or somebody dies, you know, young or whatever it is, you know, we want to say either we blame God or, or God doesn't exist because how could he let that happen? And, and there are answers to those questions. And some of those answers we won't get, unfortunately, until we get to the other side. But um, ultimately, you know, we, we want to say, yes, God, you're real and um, help me to understand, you know, what I'm going through or what I've been through. Help me to heal from what I've, you know, been through. And and that's his his heart. He, he does want to help us through that process, but he um, he's there. And so, again, my prayer is that people that are chalking it up to coincidence or whatever their their belief system is, that they'll finally you know, understand that there is a, a God who has revealed himself through his son and uh, he's uh, wanting to make himself known to every person on this planet. Yeah, that's a great, and I'd actually like to dive more into that, that topic at some point. Um, I'm fascinated by that because there's just things in my life that are just, there's just no other way to explain them. I mean, you know, again, like there's so many coincidences you can, you know, chalk up to that stuff. There's, there's just, Again, I think you had mentioned, like you had said, the the intellectual and spiritual intelligence, um, and that's what I kind of feel too. Is like, you know, you have to be, you have to be questioning. You have to, you know, if it's an intelligent person, you got to question things, not just close your mind to, you know, possibilities. Mm -hmm. And and you know, I guess I get frustrated, you know, that people sometimes can't see that or just, you know, um, you know. Don't look, don't look that way. But anyway, um, I am going to move us along because um, we have something else I want to do uh, on this beautiful little screen I made. Um, so I have a whole bunch of questions. We're not going to get through them all uh, now because we are talking. And first of all, how great is this, honey, that we're sitting here talking with them? You know? I know. You know? Right? And it's just it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't really care if anybody's listening or whatever. It's just like we need to hang out with you guys and – uh, and you know, it's like our fireside chats yeah. from before. I just loved yeah. it. Exactly. Loved it. Those are like some of the fondest memories. So can't wait. That we just was need so food. Awesome. We need food, and we need watermelon juice. 
Yes. We made some watermelon juice yesterday. Did you? Did you? In honor I don't know what of you it guys. was about that. Like I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way about about that, honey. It's like I just remember that. I do juice. remember. That. Can I mean, we even simple. find watermelon here? Yeah. I, I'm like, probably not like, right now. <laughs> you know, it's not like I never had watermelon juice before, but it was just like, it was like Monica's magic touch. I feel like Monica. Yeah. She, anything like household related, she just has this magic touch that makes it. A thousand times better. Yes. Aww. We call this yeah. the yummy house or house of bacon, whichever. <laughs> well, bacon's a good thing. <laughs> Whoever doesn't like bacon, there's something wrong with them. Um, oh. All right. So uh, we're going to skip some of these. I don't know exactly what these are. We'll skip some. I do want to get to some of them specifically. Some of them we actually touched on. Uh, so these are questions. Uh, yeah. So we kind of talked about this a little bit. I didn't get my wife's up like that. But what did you think of your spouse the first time you met them? This is for the Easy. women and, and for Doug, and for me, I guess. Who wants to go first? Goofy. What made him goofy? Um, his accent. I was just going to say, his... did he talk like a West Virginia accent? With a... Yeah, I called him a Yahoo. And then his jokes were just not hitting it. All right. I'm, I'm going to admit guilty on both counts. Um, I still have way more of a Southern Virginia accent at that time. And also my jokes, I, I had no clue like that. That was just missing the mark so badly, but um, I should everybody always laughing at your jokes or something. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we joked among the band and that's, you know, five guys who had a, you know, a common interest in something, but yeah, I just, you know, I missed it badly. Uh, obviously, when I saw Monica, I thought, wow, Lord, this this would be amazing. <laughs> Again, yeah. you know, she was way above my pay grade. So, um, you know, yeah. that was my first impression. Okay. Honey, real quick. Um, you were in your phone a lot. See, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. That's such crap. So, so, so first of all, before you even start, this woman, I understand all these young people, like these young people that work for us. See, I, I moved my camera. Did you see that? I actually moved the, the thing over. i got to move this back now. Um, she, I, She's obsessed with her phone. She's like, a, you know, she's like a 16-year-old. She's on her phone all the I time. I am addicted. Yes, I know. I'm and addicted. Like, no, because... I, but we went to a, a, a restaurant right down the street from us where we, she met. I, she came. So my first impression was you had that red leather coat on. Um, again, I'd only seen pictures. Um, I, I was closing the store, and my buddy was hiding in back. Cause he, I told him that I was going on a date, and he made a big deal about it because he was one of the people that was involved in uh, putting that profile together. And I'm just, like, trying to throw stuff at him, trying to get him, keep him in back, and um, – but I remember, you know, seeing her in the red leather coat and I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. But, yeah. you know, well, you know, and too, and I hugged you. I'm not a hugger at all. Like I am I not a hugger. And so at you the did. end of our date, you walked me, I remember you walked me in my car and I was like, okay, thanks. I'm going to hug you now. And I hugged you. <laughs> well, see, that was such a confusing thing for me because I just thought you weren't like, I was, I was on my phone. I, okay, I was on my phone a little bit, which was weird. This is back a ways, too. But we I had an event the next day that I was planning. It wasn't a good date for me to go on this date. I was a big, had a big event the next day that I was in charge of. So I was like, just, you know, whatever. And then I just didn't think she was into the date at all. And then she, 
she hugged me goodbye. I'm like, man, I was always bad at that. It's like, I, I read this the wrong way, maybe. It's like, oh, all right. So it worked out. All right. All right. We'll do some of these quickly. Some of them will bypass. Uh, let's see this one. Now, let's not do that one. We just got to talk about that. Uh, uh, eh, let's not do that one either. Let's do this one. This is, this is a good one. This is easy. Not easy. But what was the first album you ever owned? Ooh. I remember the first DVD I owned, which is kind of embarrassing to list. But my first DVD I ever owned was Whitney Houston. I want to dance Ooh. with somebody. Anyway. Are you saying musical DVD, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm okay. sorry. Uh, CD. Called? CD, sorry. Yeah. See? <laughs> my first personal album, like outside of my family, mm-hmm. was um, Yes. It was in high school. All right. The year I graduated. Good album. Uh, mine was "Come Sail Away" by Sticks. Sticks. Yeah, that's a that's a good. One. My brothers had that, and like they played it all the time. Yeah. What about you, honey? Um, I Justin remember my Bieber. first. No, my first cassette was actually the Kokomo single from Cocktail, <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought it at Walgreens on a whim because someone said I don't listen to music. I was like, you know what, I don't, and so that was at the the cashier stand at Walgreens and I was like it's like two bucks I'll buy it and then um my first CD was a Christmas gift and it was Club Dance Hits 97 and I still have it and I love it those are it. always good those are always good my first yeah. album was not Pretty an much album <laughs> mine was an eight track it was the you know, surprise surprise mine was the the eight track of Greece mm. yes the eight track good of choice. Greece all right. Now, I will say this. My sister owned that, and between her having friends over and just me and her, because uh, we were closer in age and I had two older yeah. brothers, we probably played that Grease album a hundred times and did sing-alongs and dance-alongs every single time. Can you listen to it now, or do you like it, or do you just OD'd on it? Oh, yeah. I, I still love the songs. I mean, that's kind of a, yeah. at that age. It made a really big impression, so you're... Born yeah. to the hand job, baby. It's awesome. It's awesome. One of the camp weekends oh. we is a, they play Greece. It's a 50s, 60s sock hop week. Uh, anyway. All right. Yeah, that's good. So you guys, uh, well, you guys are actually luckier because on the way to school every morning, my friend Eileen would drive us. The only stipulation was every single morning we would listen to the Grease 2 soundtrack. Oh, okay. You oh. like Grease 2. <laughs> every morning. The every worst morning. sequel. Ever known to man, let's bowl yes. tonight. Adrian Zemet. Oh. oh, that was awful. Uh, that, yes. that was completely awful. But yes. Adrian Zemet is also a big advocate of education, so we'll give him yes, props yes, for that. Yes. He'll be forgiven. All right, would you yeah. rather be loved, respected, or admired? Hmm. Loved. loved. Yeah, that's easy. Loved. Yeah, me too. Me too. That was that was a no brainer for me. All right, here you go. I already know the answer to some of this. Was there an embarrassing fashion moment in your adolescence? A faux pas or something like an embarrassing thing or Doug actually washed jeans or something? Well, I'll say this, you know, I grew up in the seventies, so that was just a plethora of embarrassing fashion moments, but I'm going to go with something different hairstyle. So when everybody was wearing the hair long, uh, late seventies, uh, still, I think, um, I was at a restaurant 
and I had hair that kind of curled at the bottom. It wasn't like super curly like it was later on in my life. Um, and I was taking my tray through the line and the manager came up to me and he says, I'll carry your tray for you, young lady. And I lost it. Did you um, cut your hair the next day? No, 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 I didn't. I just made sure I wore more manly clothes from that point forward. So, but yeah, that was right. my, my, it was embarrassing. So yeah. All right. Anything you guys want to share? <laughs> I, I can't believe Monica had any faux pas. <laughs> she's usually, she's like really on it. Yeah. I, I, well, I didn't, I didn't. Big ben I, I was... bar hair. I mean, it was the thing back then. I look at it now. It was just like big. Yeah. But it was, but at the time it was, you know, it was good. Yeah. It was yeah, fashion I, I have, forward. I have none of that either. I was, I was always well-dressed and like presentable. It was like I took pride I had in the, that. I had like, olfactory um, faux pas was in eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade. You know how now there's the joke that like teen boys always wear Axe cologne yeah, and it's like yeah. just suffocating. Yeah. Um, I, in seventh and eighth grade had a real love for like exclamation electric youth all those perfumes that we oh. would just malibu musk we and we would wear we'd have we'd have i went to catholic school and we'd have church every like every morning or once a week in the morning and i just remember that whole mix of all of us girls wearing the different perfumes <laughs> it was just horrible, horrible i have a headache horrible. just thinking about it hearing about it yeah oh. like a cloud following your group oh. yes yes mm-hmm Little yeah. loves baby soft cloud of uh, oh, <laughs> I, I had teenagers that. and smelling. You know that's what. So oh yeah, weird. Annette can attest this. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't smell. <laughs> like Definitely. I weird. catch double headers in ninety to five hundred degree heat, and I just have never really sweated. I never, you know, it's weird. And it always annoys Good people. On you. It annoys people. Um, I was just going to say that middle school for the guys that was the the years we discovered polo. Yeah. And uh, Dracar and that, a couple yeah, other oh, yes, yes. Halstead. And we would, we were bathing ourselves in that <laughs> stuff. So. Yeah, makes you more attractive. Polo, <laughs> oh, that smell. I, I seriously, I have a headache right now from like remembering the. I'm not joking. It's like that smell is just ingrained in my. There was a couple. All of, right, move on. Let's move on then, because right, I'm right, also right, getting right. easy. All right. Uh, what changing pace a little bit. So, what activity makes you feel the most most joyful mm. when you're doing it? Really, are we going to talk about that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jay. Sure. <laughs> oh, there's other questions I could have put <laughs> in there, but... or you can pick one of your top three. Let's say that top so. three. Let's go with that. There you go. I, I'm just asking for one. Oh yeah, one of the top three. Okay, one of the top three. Okay, I got you, got you. Yeah. Anybody? He lost me. (laughs) You're you're mine somewhere else now. Uh, Um, I love driving. Like I in California, I love even in Michigan, I love our day trips. Like anytime we just get in the car, the sun is shining and just a new adventure. I I just love that. That's one of my favorite absolute things to do. Yeah, mine mine would be, you know, invent like, you know, even when we were here going to Petoskey or wherever, but in California, for sure, when we explored uh, hiking, hiking was always great with the kids. Paramount um, Ranch. Paramount mm-hmm. Ranch. Um, but my my, f- my favorite things, um, my fav- the thing that probably brings me the most joy is being in the hammock with my babies. 
Yeah. I, I, I had Juju and I started in the hammock and we'd be in the hammock for four or five hours until we actually got physically out of the hammock. Um, so being in the hammock with my kids and we just read and take naps and stuff is, yeah, that's probably the thing that I can cite that brings me the most. I know Monica's going to say, uh, be at the beach because that's a no brainer. Yeah. It's pretty good. And I, you know, I've got a couple things, but I I'll say I, uh, singing is probably one of the things for me that just is, you know, whether I'm just in my car or, um, you know, leading worship on a Sunday morning or that kind of thing. I just, I love singing and, you know, that's for me, it brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. That'd be music would be my second choice for sure. I wish I could sing though. Anyway, uh, anything, honey? Well, like I said, the driving and also, okay. you know, also the, um, the sitting around and talking. Like this or over a meal yeah. for hours. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like that was like a European tradition. Like, you know, there was, there's an old Polish saying that, I mean, it doesn't translate as well, but like that the, um, the happy don't measure time. And mm. so you think of like the Spanish, like the siestas where you just, you know, you get the work done throughout the day in the morning, right? You, all the work's done, but yet you have time for that two to three hour visit. Yeah. Those for are coffee great. And with friends. Yeah, like like when we were sitting around by the fire in, in Calabasas, mm-hmm. yeah. those, those moments, you know, with these guys and you know the, that whole group, uh, and Puppy and Matthew being out there, and yeah, yeah. That, that was that was great. Um, all right, so we're gonna get a little marriage thing here. So, what is an example from your life that embodies when you or we? So it's either a couple thing or an individual thing. Uh, embodies when you or we have been at our best in regards to our marriage. So kind of a couple's thing. Um, when do you feel you guys have been best as a couple, basically? A I think now. Like, now? Yeah. And why now? I mean, not this very minute, but no, I, I know. this <laughs> season <laughs> has been, I, we've just grown a lot. We've realized deficiencies and course corrected. And so I think we're in a season of having been able to rest and travel and just kind of, I think you need to reinvent your relationship about every five years and just check in with each other. And because people change and grow and if you don't grow together, you'll grow apart. Yeah. Not much I can add to that. I'll just say that um, when we, are a team and we've talked about this with you guys too. I mean, you know, there's just a, such a synchronicity that happens and, you know, it kind of takes you to a level that uh, two individuals can't reach on their own. And yeah. uh, so when, you know, when we are team Levy and we're doing stuff together as team Levy and we get something accomplished or we, you know, uh, you know, there's a greater joy and, and euphoria that comes from, that as opposed to just two people kind of doing their own thing. So that I'd say that's, you know, when we're at our best is when we're conscious of really wanting to love, serve and help one another. Yeah. I'll, I'll tackle this real quickly, honey. Then you can, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, I think our best is yet to come. I don't, I don't think we've, we've had it yet. I think, the way our life has been and how it happened and, you know, starting a date and moving quickly, then getting pregnant and, and all that stuff. Life has just happened to us. And we had seen our, the business took off and 
you know, moving to California and then moving to Traverse City. It just seems like we one thing after another, your mom's illness, my mysterious illness, um, and then this. Um, it just seems like life has happened, just happened, and we haven't – there's been a few moments, at least, you know, in the bigger picture, we sit back and, um, you know, I, I do think back to the time in California was probably, you know – one of those one of those moments uh, when we had a little bit more freedom to explore, freedom, a little less pressure, a little less stress back then than we did do now. But uh, um, I, I think, again, working on our relationship and and really being committed to that and our family and trying to figure out what's best and trying to. Man, manifest our dreams in our, our dream life and our best life ever. Um, I think it's, I think it's, we're going through this season right now. And uh, when we come on the other side of this, I think that's going to be our best time, but anyway, mm-hmm. I'll let you. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. I love what Monica said about the course correction. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's kind of where we're headed as well, because we've, you're right. We've just been given these fantastic, huge things. Yeah. Um, and even some of them seem like they sucked in the moment, but again, in hindsight, they were, it's just perfect. It's being perfectly laid out. Uh, we just don't know it completely yet. And so I feel it. I feel those times that we were in Panera planning our life and starting it. And then, you know, we were like, Oh yeah, let's have a happen. And then God gives us ABCD and it's magnificent, but it's also too, it was a lot for us to handle. You know, like we, yeah. we were never, I was never supposed to have kids. That was, I was told by doctors that we would never have kids or I would never have kids. And so finding out about Juju was a huge surprise uh, because that wasn't the plan. I had resigned myself to being, you know, us not having kids and, um, and the business, same thing. It was like this, this fantastic thing was gifted to us, you know, by your creativity and just the way things worked. And it was so quick and so big and we didn't know how to handle it. And so it's like, and so now it's like, again, this whole course correction thing of uh, where we're headed. And I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And I did love those times in California again, where we just, as a family, the four of us would just say, okay, today we're just going to take this time to go explore. And it was magnificent. Those are some of the best memories going to the beach, going to Zuma, going to um, just explore. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Um, da, 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 da. All right. So we all have moments. This is kind of a three-part thing. So we all have moments, specific experiences in our lives that cause us to feel a deep sense of purpose, meaning, and fulfillment. Those moments that make us feel most alive, experience, and where we experience joy and peace. What is a specific example from your life when you uh, felt the greatest sense of fulfillment, purpose, pride, joy, or felt the most alive in regards to your relationship with God? Or your faith. So when was a moment in your life, like a high point moment in your life that you felt most connected to God, uh, felt uh, purpose, meaning, all, all kind of coming together? I would say my first six months, um, I had this honeymoon period where I lived out in the middle of nowhere. Um, my drive to work was about a half an hour each way. So it was a lot of worship music, prayer, and just me and him, but it was before Doug and I were, I was, I mean, we knew each other and we were engaged, but mm-hmm. it was a while before I moved out. Mm-hmm. So I had to finish my apprenticeship and yeah, I just go to work 
uh, work all day, but I was a uh, um, hairdresser's apprentice. So I was shampooing people and mixing color. I pretty much was by myself with the Lord all day, all night, turn around, go back to work, do the same thing. So he gave me about six months where it was just he and I, and I was, you know, knocking out my hours, but it was very sweet and fulfilling. And it filled me up for the next few years of marriage, ministry, you know, kids living in our house and being in our space all the time and everything else that came later. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Doug? Yeah, for me, it probably I'd have to, like, there's seasons where this has been a, you know, where I felt that. Um, and not that it's necessarily a roller coaster, but, you know, just peaks and valleys and mountaintops and valleys. And um, so, but I, I would say early on in my walk to um, making that decision just to, you know, get out of my self trajectory <laughs> lifestyle that I was living as a, uh, you know, 17 year old, 16, 17 year old and surrendering to God's plans for my life. You know, it, it wasn't, I wasn't, I really wasn't looking for God, but he kind of, you know, found me. And so, uh, you know, when he revealed himself, me saying yes was a big deal. Um, and, and like I said, just moving into everything that he kind of opened the doors for, um, I truly felt alive. I felt like, you know, I was chasing experiences as a teenager to try to feel alive. Uh, and, and, but when I finally, God got a hold of me and I, and I gave my life to him, I, I really felt alive. I felt like I was doing what I was purposed to do and I felt fulfilled. And so, I'd say that's the biggest one. And and I've had several, like I said, seasons since then where I've kind of come into things where I'm like, oh, wow, this is really another thing that I'm meant to do. And, uh, you know, so those those moments have, have given me pride, joy, and, and and also made me feel fulfilled. Honey? I don't suppose that making our way over to Monica's for some of that cabbage soup that she's making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, aside from that, um, I think part of it is still evolving for me. Again, same thing with us as a couple personally as well. Just, uh, you know, I, in the past couple of years, I, I graduated as a fearless living life coach. And right now I'm doing, um, a program on positive intelligence and it's kind of the same thing going, uh, which focuses a lot about uh quieting that inner judge that we have and leaning more into the sage and looking at life through the sage perspective and i kind of see that as the human side of us versus the god side of us and how god sees us and am i able to then see myself the way that god sees me am i able to see others the way that god sees them and so that's been a huge, huge accomplishment because there was, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes in life, you know, professionally, personally, and, you know, people have said some horrible things, you know, to me and about me. And I just keep thinking there was a time where none of that phased me because I was like, no matter anything you say cannot be worse than what I've, I, I've already told myself about myself. And just thinking about that, it just, oh, it hurts my heart now because when I, you know, one of the exercises I'm doing now is looking at a picture of myself as a four-year-old 
and seeing that child and seeing the way that God created me and that essence of just innocence and love and, and potential and just, um, seeing having that empathy and compassion for that child and being so thankful that she all the trauma that she went through has gotten me here she survived that and now is turning it into a thrive and so um i, I just I, I love that because having more compassion for myself and asking for support that's a huge 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 um achievement accomplishment that i feel very I, I'm I'm so glad that I was able to get the tools and then now use them because the more compassion and empathy that I have for myself, the more I have for others. Um, and that's just, you know, it goes back to that one word, love. It sounds cliche, but it's, I, I think it's true. So I'm excited about continuing that work on myself and with clients and then um, teaching them how to use those tools and support. And again, it is, it's changing lives one person at a time and that's how that's how we're going to make this world better for us and for our kids that's speaking right to me thank you i love it yeah um i don't know if i have a good answer for this um there's certainly been moments in my life that again those moments i'd mentioned with music that i just i feel so like like God's arms are wrapped around me. Again, I see that now. I didn't before. I used, there was these, just these incredible high moments that were just amazing. Um, so I can I definitely, you know, see those moments in my life. And then all the different signs we have um, that I've always had in my life, but that, you know, those moments where God puts people like Doug and Monica in our path um, and Tim and Loretta, um, you know, that is just so overwhelming to me. Um, I don't know if that answers this part of the question, but again, I hate, you know, you had kind of alluded to it too, honey. I, I hate to be a kappa. I, I do. I just feel like God has been preparing us and we've gone through a lot of stuff. Um, and I think we've, you know, we're, we're working towards, you know, kind of sinking our steps together um, and reassessing our lives as a couple, as parents, um, as friends, uh, as child, children of God. Um, I think we're assessing all that. And, um, it's very clear to me that God's working in our lives. Um, I can feel it. I can see it. I can see the other side of this. And the other side of this is everything that you and I have dreamt about and talked about and, um, you know, wanted to, the life that we've always dreamt for ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. the people that we, not just the life, but the person that we want to be, the person how, you know, how we want to show up for people, how we want to show up for our kids, how we want to help others. Um, you know, I, I know it's a cop out thing because I've certainly had moments that I, I, I feel alive, um, which is an interesting word for me. Um, um, but because yeah, in a way that I've never felt more alive right now, even still in the midst of this and still having so many questions because um, I can feel it. I can feel mm -hmm. What's next? Um, you know, my my big concern and fear is is screwing it up, you know, and letting God do the work and 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 you know. Well, I don't know. Let me just jump on that real quick because uh, you know, as you guys are talking about this, you know, some people I'm just sensing, you know, they're like, wow, you know, um, you know, you're just coming into it, right? You know, and 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 then 
and maybe even have that sense about themselves. Like, you know, so I just felt like God wanted to encourage you guys because, you know, there are some people that never get it. You know, I mean, they go through their entire life and they, they're just either existing or, you know, it's from one, you know, bad situation or one failure to another and things just don't work out. And they never click into, you know, God's plan and purpose for them or, or being fulfilled, you know, and, and uh, so, you know, you guys have found that and it's still in process, but like, if you look at the, if you look at the history in the Bible, it's full of stories like that. I mean, Moses was 80 when he delivered. I'm not 80. Doug. Is, you're not, but I'm just, that gives you much hope, right? You've got a ways to go before you even hit 80, right? But he was 80 before he started delivering Israel out of Egypt. Uh, you know, Paul, the same thing. He he gets saved in the middle of his life, and then he goes away for 14 years before he comes back and starts his apostolic journey in the New Testament church. And so there are people who, you know, had assignments on their life, um, and they didn't get them till much later, you know. And, and But, you know, even just practically speaking, the, um, you know, they've done studies where they found that the most productive time in a person's life, the older they are, the actual more productivity that they have. Um, you know, so, you know, it, I'm excited for you guys. I can't wait to see what the next five, 10, 15 years has in store for you and what God has called you to and the things that you're going to do and accomplish. And uh, we just get the privilege of hanging out with you. But uh, I just, just as an encouragement, you know, this, a lot of times I think we can, you know, you talked about the inner judge and in that we can kind of look back and go, Oh, what have I really done? Or what have I really accomplished? Or, you know, have I really, you know, done anything worthwhile? And, you know, life is full of small miracles and small things that add up. And it doesn't have to be the big stage and the big show and the big accomplishment, you know, for that to be, because Hollywood's full of a bunch of people who have made a ton of money, gotten really famous and they're miserable. Uh, and, you know, you know that if you followed any of the stories of anybody, uh, you know, and, and we think accomplishment has to look a certain way. And, and, and it's not really that in the kingdom of God and with God's purposes and plans for us. He has very specific things for us to accomplish and that he desires to do. And really for him, it's more it's a, it's, it's a more about the journey. It's more about God being pleased with us for actually saying yes and taking the risk as opposed to, you know, the end result. So, I, you know, because he says it's faith that pleases him. So when he says, will you do this for me? And we say, yes, it's not about whether it gets done or whether it, you know, looks amazing at the end of the thing. It's about, did we say yes? Did we take the risk? That's what's pleasing to God. So I just, I felt like, you know, I wanted to encourage you guys. You're not, you're not late. You're not 80. Uh <laughs> And it, but even and at 80, that's right. Even if you're it's 80, God, God could still do it. It's not too late. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, that it's important. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Um, I think being present in the moment also, and not waiting for the, oh, I'll wait when, once this happens, when this circumstance changes, then I'll be happy. Then I'll know that God is with me. Then I'll do, it's like, Right now, in this moment, as you said, John, as I'm on this journey, as I've said, yes, I'm already seeing and feeling yeah. and experiencing the, the gratitude, the miracles, the 
just the joy. So thank you. Yeah, and I think so I think it's trying to capture those moments and remind yourself of it all day long. Because the thing that I'm most worried about, or or I don't know, if it's the right choice of words. It is. Um, is I've been given, we've been given an incredible opportunity, the opportunity of our lifetime. And I don't want to let it pass us by. And I'm not just mm-hmm. talking our our faith with God and our walk with God and our marriage. I'm talking all of it, our, 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 our marriage, our kids, you know, being parents, being friends, um, again, becoming that person who God sees us, who he intended us to be fully. And, it, yeah. you know, he's given us an opportunity to, despite all the mistakes we've made, um, despite all that, you know, despite ourselves, he's given us this opportunity, you know, that we can't let pass us by. And that's what motivates me probably more than anything. It's like, I can't not, because if I, if I, if I can't do this now, if I can't make this commitment, if I can't walk across that line or whatever, however you want to term it, uh, it's never going to happen for me. And if I hadn't had the heart attack, you know, I, like I've said before, I was already working. We were working on these things prior to the heart attack. It would have taken us 10 years and we ne- may not have got there because life would have continued to happen to us or whatever. This was just God saying, okay, we need to do, I need to do something to get these guys to where I need them to be. And they're not going to get there on their own right now. So the heart attack to me is God saying, okay, hold on a second. You got to go do this so I can, you can do what I'm asking you to do. Um, it's just an opportunity that, um, you know, I see it as the opportunity of our lifetime and, and everything we've want, want and, and didn't even know we wanted on the other side mm-hmm. of this. And, um, I'm paranoid, a little bit paranoid about letting the opportunity pass us by. Cause I get sometimes, you know, I think it all has to happen right at, right at once. Cause you know, but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm still healing. I'm still processing stuff like that. And, but you know. that's right we have friends we have support everyone like that's the thing anyone who feels alone reach out because you you, people are on their journey thinking that they're alone and the only ones feeling this way and that's not true yep yep all right well this one one question will end us with one question i think it's uh uh yeah well maybe Oh, I got to erase this one. Erase this one. Uh, all right. Well, this last one, we're going to end on this one. So, what 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 actions might we take to bring out might might we t- take to bring out the best in each other? And I think Annette and I have talked about this. I think it's one of the things that, um, and we've talked to you guys about it as well. Um, that again, life has beat us down. We've gone through some hard stuff, even without the heart attack. Um, the fact that her and I are still together. You know, you know all, all the things that they say kill marriages, the stresses, you know, we've had them a hundredfold. I'm not saying there hasn't people have been a lot, had a lot worse things, you know, losing a child. I can't even imagine, you know, uh, some of those more horrific things in life. But for us, uh, we've been through a lot and life has been very stressful. Um, and I don't think either one of us has handled it well. We haven't handled it well as parents. We haven't handled it well as a couple. We haven't handled it well individually. Uh, you know, probably led to my, my heart attack. Um, so... You know, one of the things that I want to do um, is, you know, you know, I can't, and I said this in the story, and I, you know, if I can't contribute, and I know it's not my responsibility, but if I can't contribute to 
give you guys or at least create an environment or provide something that allows you guys to be the person, the people that I saw that God showed me. Um, then I, you know, then I failed miserably. Um, and I know it's not my responsibility, um, but I need to be able to contribute to that and steer things in a way that allows you to thrive like the way I uh, saw you thrive. And it scares me. It scares me that I, I, you know, so I, you know, I'm thinking about this question a lot um, in how we can help bring out the best in each other because I think both of us agree that we don't um, and we haven't for a while. Um, but I love the fact that we're committed to talking about this and doing it. Um, you know, we know we're not going anywhere and, you know, we have to figure these things out and it's just another step in this. But for me, this is one of the most important questions because, again, I can't – all of this is for nothing if I can't – you know, if I if I don't see you become that person, I don't – you know, I'm – I mean, again, like you said, it's not your responsibility. I think it's that's that's kind of where we're. Um, the best thing we can do is support each other. But we have to know what that is. Yeah, so that open communication right. that you mentioned, like people aren't mind readers. You know, even if we're married you couples, they don't. Daily. We don't. We don't know um, how to support people sometimes. So the best thing to do is ask, like, how can I support you in this? What do you need from me? Um, so that, you know, communicating about that. And then also, again, sounds cliche, but working on yourself. If, if I work on myself and I make changes in the way that I show up, there's no other option but the relationship to change. Yep. You know, the way what we bring to the relationship forms that relationship. So um, I think the best thing we can do to bring out the best in each other is continue working on being the best selves that we can be as individuals. And then bringing that to the relationship and forming that as the of that team. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I just think there's, there's, n- there's no other way to do that without turning to God uh, mm-hmm. and putting it in his hands and, and him helping us. We've tried to do it on our own um, and we just don't get there. We fall short mm-hmm. um, as mm-hmm. a lot of people do. It's just, you know, as, as intelligent as we both are and, you know, one of us thinking they know everything. Um, that, was, that was me. Uh, That's debatable. Who, which one? <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's just we have to we have to put this in the hands of God and 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 allow Him to do what He needs to do for us uh, individually and collectively and as parents. So, um, you know, I love that we're committed to doing that. But Doug and Monica, anything you guys can think of or anything you want to say or um, or I'll, answer the I'll question? I'll let Monica. Or, I'll let Monica jump in and, and finish this off, but I will say what you both answered are the top two answers. If this was the family feud, it would have been number one and number two, which is, you know, doing what you can to make sure the other person uh, blossoms into who they're supposed to be, whatever you can contribute, whatever you're supposed to contribute, um, you know, taking your, your eyes off of yourself and, and focusing on what you can do to bless and serve and love and help that other person grow into who they're supposed to be. That's number one or two. And the other one's the one that Annette said, which is, you know, change happens here first, right? Michael Jackson said the man in the mirror. So, or woman. Saida Garrett you know, so, wrote that. Michael didn't write that. Saida Garrett. Uh, well, he, okay. All right. My bad. <laughs> it was used but Michael's the, voice to bring it to the people. Right. 
That's right. It was, and the point is still true. So it, it really does have to start with us. We have to, you know, if I make changes that I need to make to be a better person, then that's going to, it's going to affect another person in a positive way. And, and they're most likely going to change as a result of my change. You, you can't change another person by direct action. So just give up that fantasy and work on yourself do what you can to love, serve, and support. And those two are, again, you, you guys nailed it. So I don't, Monica's probably got some a major wisdom, but that's where I'll leave it. Yeah. I, I like what Jay said that bringing in the three, the third cord of the, of the strand or the rope into the relationship, because, you know, pray, just praying together and praying for somebody, um, and I think remembering to ask God for help, because a lot of times, like you were saying earlier, Netta, you know, doesn't take an emergency. Um, like we should be talking to him about everything. And he is the third cord. I mean, we didn't just get married in front of God. We got married with God. So without him, you know, in him, all things hold together. Without him, they don't. <laughs> so just remembering to ask him and to check in and walk with him and, um, Pray for your spouse so that he can, the Lord can give you a better understanding. It's kind of like when the football players uh, are the whatever coaches on the field and he's got the headphones, he's listening to the guy on the top because he's seeing the stadium from a different view. So you want to get that viewpoint of what God created that person for and what that person needs. You know, sometimes Doug will do something really sweet. And I know the Lord's told him, but put an impression on his heart to check in with me or do something for me. And then I can also tell when it's just Doug doing an idea that he came up with. I'm like, help is only helpful when it's helpful. <laughs> uh, I think we have a lot of those moments too. On both sides. Awesome. All right. Awesome, well, awesome. hour and 42 minutes. Hey. We probably could have ended before we even started the questions, but you know, this, this was, I think the questions were good. I think they're going to help a lot of people. So, so it, anyway, um, yeah, this was fun. Um, again, I think you know we'll have you guys on again anytime you guys want to come on or take the show over one time, and you guys do a show the, just the women one night. Um, huh. But uh, I think there's there's a lot more fun uh, in store for us all uh, on the show and together when we get together and. I can't wait to wrap my arms around you both. and um, No, get out here. So yes. you don't want to come to the snow. <sighs> we have snow. It just snowed in our mountains. My brother's up there now. Two hours away. I miss it. Best of both worlds. Snow and then go, into the, go to the why beach. Why did you say after. yes? Why did we move back? I don't. Why did you listen let's to just, me? Let, let's, let's end it on. Uh, we can't <laughs> wait to see you. We'll see That's you soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, yeah, I think we'll we'll end it from here. We won't go to that next screen. Um, in fact, I will move it out of here so I don't use it. Um, Was it the dating go. game where they used to do this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the dating game that they did that. Anyway. All right. Um, I'm going to put on a little music to see, see us out here. And I'm going to ask that I'm going to ask you, Jay, to post the prayer that I love, uh, the difference, that poem. I don't know if you guys know. Um, that's one of my favorites, and that's just been going in my head right throughout this whole conversation. So I feel yeah. just moved to to 
bring that out, post it. Yeah, it's, I don't know uh, if I'm different... familiar with it, honey. You'll have to share it with me. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the chat. It's just about asking God. Like, God's always there, ready to step in and help, whatever. We just have to be willing to, yep. to take that step and ask. Yep. Amen. Are you sick of all my music, honey? Yet, by the way, I wouldn't ask you that on public so everybody sees it. I play, I play these. Me, things, honey, so. are you talking to Doug or Monica? Uh, you, honey, Annette, <laughs> honey. Um, that I'm, I, I mean, again, I play the same songs over and over and over. There's lots of them, but you know. That's fine. All right. Awesome. Yeah, she's eating it in front of us. All right. I know. All right. She's trying to. She's trying to provoke you guys to come out sooner so. yes oh Soon. my gosh i can smell it i can smell it from here oh. all right love you guys <laughs> love you Thanks, love everyone. Everyone. we're love out you. bye